Welcome to the Anytown USA podcast. Nope. See, I was hoping the little wind chime would go and it'd be all ting, ting. Instead, you've reached the Control-Alt-Revolt, the podcast, with myself, Nicole. And me, Single White Medusa. And we are here to deliver high-quality content in an exciting, easy-to-use format. Sounds good to me. We are just chilling in our backyard today. This is a all fresco podcast. Very nice. It's hard to do this podcast looking at each other. Really? Because normally we're watching the coffee house, waiting for the dark shaman to appear, or Mr. Mahmood boob job. True, but or some or the German, the Nazi. That's yeah. another one. But it, to me, it just feels like we're having a conversation, right? Does that feel weird to you <laughs> to look at your wife <laughs> when you're talking to her? Look away! <laughs> Don't look at me! <laughs> but yes, it's not our normal. But you do have that, that sometimes because you have these giant alien eyes. They suck you in. It, well, no, you do that, but then sometimes you'll like stare at me really hopefully. It's <laughs> it's unnerving. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll try to just. Not during the podcast. At, at other at other times, like I'll just catch you like looking at me. And I'm like, she's a space alien. I know, like like the girl on V that some people said I looked like. Your twin. But more in the other show when she had longer hair. Yeah. What's her name? She is Brazilian or something, right? She's Brazilian Italian. Yeah. And you're Brazilian Portuguese. Slash white. The space hooker from uh, Firefly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've watched two hair. two grown men get in a fight to tell you that. I was gonna tell that her that. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, let's see. We were gonna talk about a few different things. Do you want to talk about the? Um... I have a message to Joe Biden. Okay. Um. Listen, you dumb son of a bitch. Um. The horror of crack and drug addiction in people's lives is horrific. The horror is horrific. Mm -hmm. And you out there helping people destroy the loved ones of people who are suffering from this ain't helping. You may have fucked up your own children and molested them, apparently, but why don't you not do that to the rest of the nation? Here, here. I apologize, Mom, for the vulgarity, but literally, what a dumbass move to actually give people drug paraphernalia and then have Snopes come out and say, oh, he's not really doing that. There aren't crack pipes in there. There are meth pipes. And it's like... This, you know, like the 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 normalizing and the celebrate the, the what we have to do is we have to time travel or we have to go find all the old 1970s dads and we need to put them in positions of authority. There, there's no there's no there's no making room for your drug addiction. You know what you need? You need to be slapped repeatedly until you stop doing drugs. I am not a big believer in this whole like uh, uh, let's 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 help you with your addiction. I mean, like. If you know anybody who's had a drug addict in their life, it is it is a living nightmare. It is a living hell. And for this president to come out like the dumb son of a bitch he is and, and try to virtue signal when really, dude, you are literally trying to kill minorities. Yeah, you are absolutely. literally trying to kill black people. Mm -hmm. that, I mean, you you have in my life, I have watched you since about 1980 or something, and you have impressed me as a pro-level dumb son of a bitch you are now a legendary level dumb son of a bitch i can forgive the election stealing i can forgive the racism i can forgive your lies i probably can't forgive you molesting your own daughter apparently 
Um, and I guess we got to forgive you for turning your son into a bagman slash drug addict. But you trying to do that to the rest of the nation when fentanyl is out of control and people are literally, you know, uh, going to visit their dead kids on the weekend in the, in, in, in the graveyard and you're out there thinking that you're doing something right. Why don't you just delete yourself? Why don't you borrow a Secret Service weapon, nibble on it and delete yourself from this economy? We can only dream. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, everybody. Dad was a little upset. <laughs> you're so funny. Um, so... Sorry, Mom. I know you don't like the language. <laughs> now, Bo, you could say all the... You could call Joe a dumb son of a bitch without using vulgarity. You could say S-O-B. <laughs> we can all, like, translate that. <laughs> right? I will get notes after the show. <laughs> yeah. But to be honest, Mom, I did have a peanut butter square and a cup of coffee. Oh, man, that's true. <laughs> You're going to be... Oh, and, I, and, I, and I, I did, like, a huge chest workout. And then I made a podcast with Jason where we usually get carried away and talk about all kinds of silly stuff on the GE Insider podcast. Yes. And I've only had a little bit of food today. Yeah, not much at all. So, like, I understand the pain of crack addiction because with this coffee and that peanut butter square, I am cruising on a high that Hunter S. Thompson would respect. (laughs) Speaking of, didn't you just post a picture recently of you looking like a Hunter S. Thompson weird picture? Well, official Nick Cole mammographer, Mitch Greathouse. Mm -hmm. And he is the official Nick Cole mammographer right now. Um, someone else tried for his title the other day, and they made the they made the Game of Thrones guy. Oh, so that was a different person. But but Mitch has got skills, and uh, and it's funny they both send me these memes, these guys, and and they say I'm so sorry, don't take this the wrong way, and then they make a badass picture of me, and I'm like, why would I take that the wrong way, <laughs> you know? But I I've understood like, I don't know a lot in life, but I have learned a few hard and fast rules. One of those is avoid the Waffle House at all times. Never been. Never been. Um, unless you're, unless you like that kind of entertainment. But uh, another rule that I have is don't tell people that they look like somebody, mm-hmm. unless that somebody is like ten out of ten people say, oh that person's hot. Like for you, it's like uh, Selma. Uh, which who do you get? You get you well, get that Firefly girl. Which you get the Firefly mind, girl. You get the uh, Ashley, get Judd, Ashley Judd, and then you get the one that you almost had to body double for. Pen- well, no, Penelope Cruz. Because I, I don't really get Penelope Cruz, although that but, is yeah, who I yeah. was going to body so double. So all of these body. people are are bona fide. Alba, yeah, all of these people are bona fide hot. No, but I one time somebody told me at the opera, like a dresser lady. Some random Italian actress, and yeah. I looked it up, and I was like, "What the hell? Really?" Yeah. No. And so I'm saying, never tell somebody like if you take anything away from the show besides Joe Biden is a dumb son of a bitch. Um, take away that you should never tell anybody that they look like somebody unless everybody like do a poll. You know, if you say, "Hey, you look like Brad Pitt," you're 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 in you're safe totally fit. You tr- yeah. you totally are. You're good. Yeah. But if you're gonna say something like, "You look like John Saxon." Or you look like uh, Lance Henriksen, you know, or something you or like to women like you look like that girl who was on the office. You might think that person's cute or whatever. I'm telling you, man, you you are making Pirates of the Caribbean seven. You are Johnny Depp wading into dangerous waters. (laughs) Exactly. 
You're swashbuckling. Is that you, what that would be? You're swashbuckling. Ba- you are about to get in a real broadsides exchange. Because the fir- you know you've done effed up when they look at you and go, Lance Henriksen. Yeah. You know, or like, here's a great one. And and Nicole actually knows somebody who this was their type. But if you say to somebody, you look like George Costanza. Like, where's that going to be good? Yeah, who's going to find <laughs> like, that flattery? Who's going to go, oh, wow, really? <laughs> Really? I, you know, uh, that's interesting. I, I had thought I was different. I thought I was more of a, uh, of a, um, Jason Statham, mm-hmm. you know, cause I'm bald and he's right. bald too. Yeah. But he's ripped and was a British Navy SEAL kind of diver guy. And, and, and you're an accountant with glasses and, and your middle is bit, you know, you look like Brian Stetler, you know? Oh, from CNN? Yeah. No, 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 no. That's no. not, no one's ever, you know, hey chat. No one's ever going to like that one. No. <laughs> so uh, be careful there. Be careful. And that's the podcast. <laughs> no. So one of the things. <laughs> the Medusa, <laughs> keeping it on track. I'm going to choose your first topic. Hopefully yeah. you want to go there. I dare you to cut through this coffee in peanut butter square. Vladimir Putin talking about. I like to call him Pooty Poot Poot. <laughs> talking about. So talking about basically. Um, this was like a few days ago. I'll give, you, I'll give you serious money if you can do that as the Bee Gees. Vladimir Putin talking about <laughs> trying to take the Ukraine, get it in the max line. Oh, you should be invading the Ukraine. <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, he basically told, was it like Europe? And yeah, the okay. Here's, here's how effed up our news is. And see, Mom, I said effed up. Um, Vladimir Putin threatened to nuke us mm-hmm. two days ago. And and what are we talking about? Those truckers are up there, and this is an insurrection. Marjorie Taylor Greene used a word wrong. You know, like, I mean, all kinds of ridiculous... Like, we're giving away crack... Like, Putin literally said, if you bother us going into Russia and you attempt to take the Crimea... And he even said this. He said, I know both sides will lose, but I will use nuclear weapons. Like, that should be the biggest news story in the world, but the dumbass media out there just, like, gives stupid Joe Biden cover. No one asks him a question. No one translates that speech, but he did say, I will nuke you. Yeah, I mean, so, basically, we were watching Alex Jones a few nights ago, and he said... Like you do. Yeah. He said, someone let me know about this today. And me and my team, we tried and tried and tried to research it and find like a, you know, U.S. news article about it. And you couldn't find it, except maybe the initial source that this guy got it from. And he's like, finally, we found the actual Russian, you know, news conference and we had it translated. Like, that's how much you had to dig. And even Putin in the news conference literally said to all the journalists there, I want you all to make sure you put this out there and put this story out there and let everyone know and then everyone proceeded to completely not put the story out there which is like probably about the hugest story you could have and it's just weird that they don't even like the homeless on 17th street when the donuts come out the back door you've got to dig for the good ones exactly you've got to dig (laughs) so um what else we had like quite a few things that you wanted to talk about you were going to talk about the (laughs) but this coffee and peanut butter is just tearing through these like i'm like ding done Boom! This will be the fastest. I think people like this podcast around 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, good. so. 
you got eight, a little over eight minutes to. <laughs> well, I don't care what they like. I'll go long. I'll go through. There's, there's people. I think like law enforcement, they're like, go 40, 50 minutes. Yeah. We, we like <laughs> listening to. We have all night long to sit in our car and hope that we don't have to shoot somebody tonight because they're trying to make it to retirement and also trying to make it home. It was funny. There are these uh, two great law enforcement officers who do my favorite podcast, which is called Be Meaner Than It. And it's a mm-hmm. podcast about Forgotten Ruin. Yeah, that's a cool one. And uh, Walt Robillard clipped me out some clips that they were saying, and, and it just made my day because they were talking about Control Alt Revolt and Soda Pop Soldier. And then one of them says, uh, have you read Control Alt Revolt? Or he says, I really like Control Alt Revolt. And the other one says, I like the podcast too. You know, like, right. so I, I'm excited. So I do get a back channel from some law enforcement. And they like they like driving around listening to the show. Cool. So. So sometimes it can be longer because, you know, you're out there all night. What's a, what's a shift? Like eight hours, 12 hours? You know, what's 20 minutes going to do for you? Probably eight hours. You know. But, but if you get a good murder, you know, and you got to do that whole thing, you know, and you got to rope off the crime scene and you got to, you know, that's like, it's not like, like sometimes I've seen the police roll up on something I think is serious. And they're like, in five minutes, they're like, all right, you go that way. You go this way. Done. We're leaving. You know, and you're like, oh, I thought they'd be there for hours, you know, and and then sometimes like, but a murder, it seems like that's going to be a lot of paperwork. Oh, yeah. That's going to be, you know, that's going to be like, I think they probably have protocol. Like if it's a murder, let's get our sandwich orders in. Let's get some coffee headed this way. You know, you can basically plan your night if it's a murder. Yeah. So to law enforcement, is a good thing if it's a murder or a bad thing? Do you like having your night planned, or do you just like unplanned violence and crime throughout the night, or do you like do you like like if the does the, if the murder happens like you come on at six o'clock and the murder happens at seven thirty and you're like I'm gonna probably be here till about four thirty in the morning, that's cool. You know I know what I'm doing tonight. I like that. I I feel to me, and this might be the peanut butter square talking, that I would enjoy that because like you can kind of get into the scene for the night. I'm not talking like the detective work. That's hard. I have no patience for that. But I'm just talking like running the, the scene, you know, the guy with the clipboard, mm-hmm. the guy telling like the press, like stand back, stand back, you know, the neighbors like, I knew him, like no one cares, Gladys, those guys. Plus like it seems less dangerous because like yeah. the danger has already happened. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Like, the murderer's not coming to, back tonight. Like the He's left. <laughs> yeah. Compared to the LA police scanner that you kind of look at most yeah. nights and yeah. like any of those yeah. situations are like, no, thank These, you. They, they've been wild lately. 20 women fighting at Fleming's on La Cienega. <laughs> You're like 20 women, you know, eight people chasing a guy with a bottle around, you know, like some store, like the stories out of the LAPD downtown scanner have just been like insane. Yeah. You know, in Sonos. But uh, but wouldn't that be a surprise if the murderer came back that night? He's like, surprise! <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. They're like, ah, he got another one! <laughs> and we were here drawing the chalk outline. <laughs> do they still do the chalk outlines? I don't think they do. I think oh, they really? have cameras now. Oh. Yeah, the cool. chalk outline was for when there weren't cameras. Oh. Readily available. Uh-huh. Or they had the big flash cameras, they had the tripods, and they had to set up and, like, you know. Also, I mean, wouldn't it be, I'm just guessing. You know what's cool, though, is you can look up old crime scene photos. Like, you can look up Bob Crane from Hogan's Heroes, his crime scene photo. And it shows you, like, he got his brains bashed out right there in the bedroom. Yikes. Yeah, it's nuts. I think I'll I'll By Willem Dafoe. I'll pass on that. What? No. Well, the guy who played Will. The the guy Willem Dafoe was playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, wow. No, thank you. I've always wanted to watch that movie, but I've heard it's a little uh, raunchy because Bob Crane was raunchy. But I remember that case because I was swimming at the Natadors in the morning, and then I would swim, and it was summer. And then you'd get your Carnation Breakfast Bar. Shout out to Carnation Breakfast Bars. They don't even make those anymore. Little yellow packet. Mm -hmm. You'd break that open. It was a little piece of heaven. You get out of the pool all shivering in your little towel. And then you'd go home all wrapped up. And uh, you'd turn on mid-morning summer TV, and there'd be Hogan's Heroes. And then one morning I was swimming in the pool and I was like, Bob Crane was murdered today. Wow. And I was like, wow. And that was kind of the first time I realized, like, because I was a little guy, I was like, oh, wow, that's weird. Yeah. And then you just think Bob Crane's murdered. And then as the years go on, you keep paying attention to the story because they eventually ended up, they could never really get the guy, but they did finally have a big trial right before he died. And he still made it out of that one, too. But everybody always thought it was it was his best friend who was kind of his partner in crime. And then he bashed his head in with a camera tripod. Wow. Some best friend. No bueno. Yeah. Yikes. It was it was it was it was a pretty it was a pretty weird. I think it it literally is the Doctor Evil version of it got weird. <laughs> yeah. Because you know? like Bob would pick up women and this guy would hang out and hope to like get the leavings and then they would make videos mm-hmm. and it it just sounded like it was weird. It was it was strange. Yeah. But someone once told me they said you know whenever it's like he said perverts like he's like they're usually singular he says but when you get two of them together and this is a guy who studied psychology and things like that he said it's really crazy they get out of control they get into some really like they feed off of each other and they encourage each other to do these really crazy things and so serial killers are normal normally lone lone wolves but there have been a few times when there have been multiple you know like team serial killers and then there's this notorious cult of serial killers that no one will admit to that's really doing a lot of killing Boy, this peanut butter square is taking me places. <laughs> exactly. I am I am cruising on a high of sugar. Yeah. Well, cruise on to the S2 Intel update that you wanted to talk about where they're like moving all the equipment in. Yeah. Um, I have wondered uh, a lot about whether we're going to do this Ukraine thing or not. And, and sometimes I've, I've sensed like, well, I mean, this isn't Desert Storm or Desert Storm 2 electric boogaloo levels of buildup. Um. But then, as someone rightly reminded me, they're like, well, you know, like a lot of equipment is cached in Germany and Eastern Europe. It wasn't like the Middle East where we had to move a lot of armored divisions and, and equipment down there and everything like that. But the S2 Intel update from this week actually was a little bit shocking because there are now three carrier battle groups in the Med. One is French, one is Italian, and I have a Navy guy that I know is a friend of mine, um, a CB, but he, was also, he also did some, some pretty high-level stuff. And he said that in the in the U.S. Navy, in planning and warfare doctrine, the thing that they were most worried about was the French. They they had they they felt that the French were really going to be a big problem. So that just means that the French are, are kind of a, a put together navy. So they they've got a carrier group. The Italians have a carrier group. Uh, you can find it by the the garlic smell and the pasta, mm-hmm. you know, the trail of pasta off the back of the boat. <laughs> Not too worried about the Italians. I'll be honest. I'm not really worried about the Italians. I forget what the third one was. It's us. American, right? Yeah, the Harry S. Truman supercarrier. Wow. Not just a regular carrier, but a full-blown, I think it's four-reactor supercarrier. What do you mean, four reactors? I think that Harry S. Truman has four nuclear reactors. Really? I didn't even I feel know. like it does. Huh. It's got multiple nuclear reactors. It doesn't just have one. 
See, I didn't even know that carriers had nuclear reactors. Like that's interesting. You learn something new every day. That's crazy. Yeah. So that is that is a that is a lot of pl- planes. Two of those, and they've been they've been steaming. I think is the correct word. Hmm. Um, together in formation. So there's that, and then it's shaping up that there's going to be about 170 military warships combined in the Black Sea very shortly. And um, the Russians are trans, trans, transitioning some of their uh, Slava missile, missile cruisers. The Russians really suck at names, like Slava. Yeah. You know, like that, that just sounds evil. Yeah. You know, that sounds weird. Yeah. You know, I don't like think it. of something else. Yeah. You know. Yeah, make it sound cool. Yeah, the Wolverine. Yeah. Three Wolverine class. There you go. Slava, I mean, come on. Come on, Russia. Up your game. Yeah. But, um,. I, apparently those are formidable, and there has always been the talk of the hypersonic missile um, and the hypersonic underwater torpedo, which uh, to me feels like they're trying to pull the old Star Wars trick on us, that we pulled them on them in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are such things, yeah. and I think the U.S. knows it, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Um, I think jo- Joe Biden said today that, that when they said... Uh, are you going to get civilians out? He's like, when Russia and America start shooting at each other, Hunter Biden crack pipe. That's, that's World, that's World War Three. No, so oh, okay. he's basically, I think he feels like World War Three is his way out of all of his problems, mm-hmm. including the lowest approval, according to Real Clear Politics, like amalgamation of everything, all, all, all polls. He's the worst. Yeah. Bang up job, Joe. Yeah. Bang up job, Obama. So... If that's not enough to be concerned about, and we talked about, I think it was the 30, or no, 60 Russian BTGs, which are very formidable battle groups on the ground. Um, I think special forces already, our special forces already running around in the Ukraine. Uh, the Russians have moved in their 90th parachute brigade, which is which would effectively be a special operations unit. So all of these things are to, to really uh, be concerned about. I think what pricked up my ears was when they redeployed our B-52s to the UK, which is like standard Cold War, you know, armaments from back in my day. Um, but the B-52s are no joke. Like that's that's no joke because you can carry everything in there up to nuclear weapons. But a a, a low-level bombing B, B-52 strike or a high-level saturation bombing strike an arc light strike, all these things that B-52s can do, like it's some really serious stuff. It's a very, that is a very big commitment. And of course the Russians have moved in with their bear bombers, which have always been archaic pieces of junk. So you're going to see a lot of those go down in flames and blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's, it's getting, it's getting more serious than I would like. Um, Here's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be a big push as in, I think they're going to back Putin down. And Putin honestly should back down. Um, the only card he really has to play is to go nuclear, which doesn't really ruin our day in the U.S. I think our various Iron Dome systems that protect us, a lot of the cruisers, a lot of our space-based weapons, I, I, I doubt, I honestly seriously doubt they can get a nuclear weapon through to the United States. Um, even though they have a lot of them. But Russia doesn't have a lot of money. They haven't been doing a lot of R&D for almost 30 years now. These are, these are old Soviet nuclear weapons that they're playing with. They're going ha- to have 
a percentage, I wouldn't say high or low, of misfires on the launch pad. In effect, they're going to nuke themselves. Mm. Um, then they're going to have to say, well, what do we want to do here? Do we want to take the U.S. out and and then hope to, you know, and, 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 and Russians are very good at intelligence and things like that. Watch the TV show The Americans or don't. Um, but I'm pretty sure they know that we can, you know, they, they've gotten a pretty good look at the microsystem Iron Dome. And they know that we're pretty good at intercepting weapons. So they would have to say, well, we don't know if we're going to have a high rate of success with that. But we do know if we push a bunch into Central Europe and Western Europe, that solves a big problem for us. Because it, it actually does suddenly create uh, a nuclear wall of fallout between us and the United States. And then they can do whatever they want to do. And, you know, and also you have to remember Russia, Russia has a degree of experience in 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 living in nuked environments thanks to chernobyl so they might not see the deployment of a nuclear weapon as awful as we see it so there's that um but i think either way russia really loses i think everybody i, I don't buy the everybody loses i think russia has the potential to to go to really lose because i'm pretty sure that we've kept up on our nuclear weapons and and targeting and we'll do great and I'm pretty sure that we could nuke Russia into the literal Stone Age if we wanted to. I don't. And so, again, there's really no win here. I don't think they're going to do it. I think they're posturing. I think they're pushing. What I think they're going to do is I think they're going to get blocked at the Ukraine. And I think what they're then going to do is turn south and probably very quickly and redeploy. And this might already be the, pro the plan because the Russians, are the, their warfare and fighting doctrine is big on deception. So it's not very deceiving to be like, hey, we're all going into the Ukraine and everything's stacked there. That feels like you're telling us what you're doing. What I would watch for is what they're not what they're not showing. Mm -hmm. There's a saying in Intel, um, the Russians only let, let you see what they want you to see. So there's that. My feeling is the Russians are going to go into Syria big time. And they're probably going to piss off the Israelis and the Israelis are going to nuke Damascus in an instant. And if you want to get biblical at that point, in Old Testament biblical, that is probably a moment that is mentioned in Ezekiel 38, in which it very clearly reads that Damascus goes up in a nuclear fireball. And that was written about 2,000 years ago. But it's pretty accurate. And I think that is a, is a moment where, you know, we won't go too deep into the eschatological, but that is probably a very big moment in the end of the world. Uh not necessarily the end of the world at that moment, but sort of the opening chapter of the end of the world. And a lot of a lot of people have written about it and talked about it. But my feeling is they're going to get stonewalled trying to go into Europe. And that was probably the plan all along was to get us to shift everything into uh, Eastern Europe and then for them to attempt to go into Syria, which they already are in Syria with a lot of their special forces units. And 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 then um curry favor among the Middle Eastern nations by wailing on Israel. Israel's going to figure that out. Israel has a policy of never again. They've got 20 nuclear weapons, as outed by Carter. They've probably got more now, and they'll probably use one against the Russians. And then that'll probably stall the Russians' attack into the Middle East big time. They can't. The Russians can't replace their equipment. That's the big one. They've got a lot of equipment. They can't replace it. Yeah. Interesting. We shall see what happens and hope... Uh, I hope for the worst. I hope for the worst. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
Well, I mean, I hope for the worst because I'm a big believer in the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's going to be great. Is then we're going to move on to the next phase of human existence. Um, I'm excited about that, but I'm not. I'm not really too hip with going back to normal, like the Alan Dulles things. The deep state, the CIA, the Franklin cover-up. I'm not really a big fan of how my government and a lot of the governments of the world, Epstein, have been doing things. I liken them to the alcoholic at the end of the bar. And I think it's time for those guys, see, I didn't say assholes, to get sober. And so the only way you're usually going to get sober is when you have a rock-bottom moment. But what? Let Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and Nancy Pelosi and the Bidens and the Clintons and the Obamas and, you know, all the usual lizard people continue to play these games? No, they, they need a big rock bottom moment. And maybe the American people do, too, in which we say it behooves us to begin to govern ourselves, to begin to ignore this sort of elitism. What is it like? That's a word that gets thrown around a lot. And I was thinking about it. This peanut butter square is kicking in. Um, you know what elite means? Better than, right? I mean, that's what I That's think. what they would think, and that's why they use it a lot. What it what it means to me is is someone who is repro- reposed with position and trust, and then use that to enrich themselves mm-hmm. and chokehold the people that they were actually entrusted to lead, or the corporations or whatever. Elites are basically scumbags. Yeah. They're basically Burke in Aliens. The Marines are out there fighting, and you're you're screwing everybody in the back for a percentage. That's what elite means. So when someone says, "Oh, the elites," you know, and they they use it openly and all that kind of stuff, um, and they they it's their subtle messaging that there's a there's a group of people who are better qualified to make all the decisions. Well, better group of people, elites. You haven't actually impressed me with anything. I mean, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll re- be really honest, like. When I was in when I was in the army in the eighties, I had good officers and 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 you were glad to have those guys lead you or good NCOs. And you were glad that they were in charge because they were doing a good job. And I would say that to the elites, like if you could actually do anything good or well or capable, I would be like, Cool. Sure. I would want this. But as uh, Klaus Schwab and I hate the way he talks. Me too. Yeah, you know, and he says, he says, uh, Justin Trudeau, Trudeau. I hate the way Europeans speak <laughs> when they uh, when they have marbles in their mouth. Uh, Justin Trudeau is my star pupil. Well, your star pupil just ran away from a bunch of truckers. Mm-hmm. So, and that's pretty indicative of all of this crap. You know, of, of people attempting to say, I'm the elite and I, I should be in charge. You haven't made any, like, giving giving poor black people crack pipes was your big move. There's so many things you could do. You could build a water catchment system in California. Mm-hmm. Phase, the phase three stuff you were supposed to build. And we wouldn't have a perpetual drought. And California is the, is a, is is a huge breadbasket. It's one of the biggest breadbaskets in the world. I think it used to supply 90% of the citrus to the world, and then little teeny tiny Israel took that over. And and we now have fish that we can't kill, so no one can grow anything. So like, there, there are so many great things that you could do in the United States if the elites weren't out busy screwing all of us for their own percentage. 
So elite just means scumbag. Yeah. Who basically you get you trusted them to run your company or be your locally elected official or your nationally elected official or 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 you give them your business and they take all that that stuff that you've done, all that trust and money that you've done, and they're like, I'll find a way to make myself richer and get more influence and screw the people that have supported my rise to power. So elite just means scumbag. Every time they say the elite, just think scumbag, elite, scumbag, and then say it 21 times. Elite, scumbag, elite, scumbag, elite, scumbag, elite, scumbag, elite, scumbag. Are you counting? <laughs> elite, scumbag, yeah. elite, scumbag, elite, scumbag, elite, scumbag. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, coffee and peanut butter squares. <laughs> That's what this podcast is going to be called. I'm over control at Revolt the Podcast. Okay. <laughs> coffee and peanut butter squares. There's going to be a crazy crash on the other side of this. Okay. <laughs> tell us. But then I'm going to make steak and pasta. Thoughts. Mm, that sounds good. Tell us your thoughts on the Bob Saget thing. I know you were going to. Excuse me. Bob Saget. Um, I'm going to call bullshit. They tried to come out and say, uh, Bob Saget definitely did not die of a heart attack or a stroke. He, he had a brain bleed. Well, what do you think a stroke is? <laughs> I know. You know, I mean, they just, they just treat the American public like they're the biggest bunch of idiots. Mm-hmm. And, and again, um, when older people hit their head and they have a bleed on the brain, which I had to go through last year with, with a relative, it's usually much older people than Bob Saget, you know, and, and even older than the person that I knew. Like, and I talked with the guy, the doctor who dealt with all that. It's, 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 he didn't bump his head on the back of the headboard and then suddenly had a brain bleed. That was a vaccine injury. And you know, it's a vaccine injury because they go out of their way to write these articles telling you that it's not a vaccine injury. And we've already established in this podcast, your honor, that they're all liars. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Mm, notable vaccine injuries that were very. You notice n- no one dies of a vaccine injury. Like it was Hank Aaron didn't die of one. Right. Colin Powell didn't die of one. Yeah. All those no one ever dies of one, and they all write the articles telling us it never happens. And yet, a lot of people are dying from vaccine injuries. And it's like if you just tell the truth about one or two, we might be cool with that. Yeah. Like it, the, like again the elites. If you would have put me in charge of poisoning the entire nation, and I had no morals. I could have done it in half a second. The vaccine makes your hair grow, makes you lose weight, makes you lose weight, makes your genitals bigger. You know, everybody would have been taking it. That's all you had to do. Instead, you're like, you will take it and live in the pod and just is the man. And I'm like, you guys are dumb. You're the elites and you're dumb. Because they're so out of touch. Yeah, they don't know how to sell the steaks. They don't know that like. When you're running a restaurant and you're cooking up burgers on the grill, you grill some onions. And people go, ah, onions. Oh, yes. I eat a hamburger. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but this really crazy one, and the person didn't die, but it was super public. This Heather McDonald comedian. Yeah. What happened to her? Yeah. Which was, yeah. I would say what happened to her? I don't think that was a vaccine injury. Well, I think it was a combination, and I think that was <laughs> no, part of the no. formula. I think that was an act of God. Yeah. I but think I think it was a little bit different. Um, even Tim Pool talked about this and Tim Pool said, you know, I'm not really religious or anything like that, but so there, there's this comedian and, and she's, she's, I think she's a Chelsea Handler writer and she's surfaced before. She's one of those mean girl, nasty girl, you know, like I'm going to say all these, you know, mean and catty things and shit like that. 
she, she's doing her comedy bit in Tempe, I think it was, or something like that. She's rocking Tempe <laughs> at 51 years old. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the best you can do at 51, you know, comedy on a Saturday night in Tempe, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I think, Heather, your career's not working out. <laughs> it's not working out at all, babe. Well, You're not on Saturday Night Live. Judging by what happened to her last Yeah, week. Yeah, but there's you up there acting. And then I think she writes a, a tweet, and she's like, don't worry, Tempe, I'll be back. Like, Tempe's sitting around going, do you think Heather will be back? Do you think Heather, oh, oh, Heather, you know, like, no one, hey, Heather, spoiler, no one in Tempe cares. They just had, have you ever been to Tempe? They just had nothing to do. And you were there, and they thought, let's watch this fat chick fail, you know? Boy, did she. Boy, did she. They didn't know. So Heather gets up there and she starts bragging about being vaccinated. Super vaxxed. Like Super vaccinated. All the vaxes. <laughs> and 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 then she and then she says, you know, I went traveling and I never got COVID. And then she makes this statement and she says, uh, and that proves that Jesus loves me more than anyone. You know, just really mocking fundamental religion. And, you know, like now a lot of people jumped in and they said, um, uh, even Tim Pool, like not religious, but enough to know, like if there is a God and you're using his name in vain, then, you know, bad stuff's going to happen to you. And I don't, I don't really think like that. Like, I, I mean, people use the Lord's name in vain all the time. And I think also there's a twist. If you listen to Dennis Prager, I'm not so sure. And I'm not going to wade into this, but I think there's worse ways to use the Lord's name in vain than just like exclaiming, you know, Jesus or, you know, God or, you know, and, and using those kinds of things. Um, I think you're using the Lord's name in vain when you, you try to fleece people like you're a pastor and you're trying to tell people that they need to buy your book uh, because uh, that's the path to salvation and you're using God's name to make money. I think that's using God's name in vain. I think people use people God's name in vain when they try to manipulate you in a conversation, you know, and try to like Jesus, Jesus speak to you. And but really, it's just for their own ends. And it's just like I think God's a dangerous and I won't call him a thing, but I think God's a dangerous person. And the Old Testament is very clear about that. He's so dangerous that when the Israelis, Israelites, that's pre-Israeli. Mm-hmm. That's like Isra- Israeli 1.0 is the Israelites. Yeah. Or Israeli is Israelite 2.0. True. I wonder if they think that. I know. I have, I, we have like, we have a Jewish friend from Israel and she'd probably say, we're not Israelis. Israel, you know, like, you know, like, as in like, she would say, oh, you know, Israelis are all Palestinians and, oh. you know, all these other people. Yeah. But, you know, there you go. So, um, but when, when, when Moses said, you know, show me yourself, God, um, like literally God had to put Moses in the crevice of a rock, cover that rock with his hand and then pass by because the power of God is kind of like Raiders of the Lost Ark. It'll destroy you. And these, the Israelites saw what happened on the mountain and it so freaked them out that they told Moses, whatever that is, you go deal with it. It's too wild. Like it's too dangerous for us. And, and so there is something to that in that when you're dealing with God and you're using his name or you're talking about things of God, you have to be very careful. Um, because if it's true, like you're messing with a power that can do a lot of really terrible things if it wants to. Now, God is a God of love and mercy and grace and patience. But 
when she said that Jesus loves me more than, you know, everybody else, because, because I'm not sick, because I'm not injured, because everything's going well for me. I, I think the blasphemy or what God took issue with, and I don't know, this is just my thoughts, but I think what God would say is I'm not the God of healthy people. I'm not the God of the well. I'm not the God of the successful people. I'm not the God of all the awful people that that are running around Instagram influencing and um, trying to tell you about their best life. And like a big thing is like people try to equate illness, you know, to sin or something like that. And if you actually read the Bible and you read the things that God talks about, God, God is the God of the brokenhearted. He's the broken of, you know, like they called Christianity a slave religion. God is the God of the sick, you know, and, and what, it, what he's trying to say is I'm there for you when you're in your crisis I'm, I'm the God that you will find me when you're in those moments. And I think when someone gets up and says, I'm well and healthy and nothing bad has ever happened to me, and therefore I'm loved by God, even though she was doing it in a mocking way, I feel like God knocked her on her ass and so she for daring. Yeah. for She literally collapsed right after she yeah, said that. Yeah, she said that and literally collapsed and fell over backward and fractured her skull. You know, now people will try to say, oh, maybe it was part of the routine. It went bad. I don't think so. I, I think, I think, I think sometimes God will knock you on your ass for, for represent, not, and I don't think she's trying to represent him or anything like that, but I think that there's people out there who are suffering and there are sometimes, you know, when you're suffering and it's the long, dark night of the soul, it's easy to believe that you are not loved by God. I think God is aware of that and intimately understands that. That in your darkest moments, you can feel completely abandoned and alone because we know that because that's what Christ calls out on the cross. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? And when people are suffering, that's how they feel like. And there are people tonight in hospital beds um, that are suffering endlessly, you know, like terminal patients and and long-term sufferers. And I think what God despised about what she said was to equate it that wellness means God loves you. I think God loves you when you're well, I think he loves you when you're sick, but I don't think he ever wants anybody to say just because you're suffering and hurting, that means God hates you. I think that's the thing that pissed him off. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe God doesn't exist for you or whatever. I don't know, but he exists for me and he's real for me. And that's my takeaway from it. And so do I think God's going to smite you because you use your name and you use his name? No, people, you know, go to any, construction site or hang out with any bunch of you know anybody i've heard women use it it's that's that's not what it's about but what i think the things that god hates is when when people say things that aren't true that's what he like when 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 you call evil good and i think that's that's like god talks about in the bible sorry to turn this into a religious podcast but god talks about like sin in the bible and he says that's just like missing the mark like you're trying to do good and you blow it he's not he's not I'm not saying he's not upset about that, but he's not going to just like Sodom and Gomorrah destroy you for that. But there are things that God clearly says he hates in the Bible and people can run in there and search and find what those are. But long story short, it's when you call evil things, good things. That's the thing that seems to really fry his bacon. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Jews. And like misrepresenting him, which is sort of a version of what you just said too. And I kind of think that was my inkling. She got yeah. up there and was, and, 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 you know, sometimes people are cruising around and watching things and, you know, when you're in pain and you're distracted and maybe that special will be on there. I, I don't know. I think God didn't want people to think, you know, when they're suffering or whatever, that, 
that somehow the well have a better line toward Jesus. Because that's what you believe. That's what you believe when you're in real pain. You believe that you've done something wrong. And, you know, all the people who had the, you know, captain of the ski team and, you know, the homecoming queen and the big business guy and all, you think like, man, you know, either God doesn't, God loves them better or he doesn't care about me. And I think what God's trying to say is that's not the case. I'm for the people who are suffering tonight and you're not going to get up and say that. That was my takeaway from that. I could be 100% wrong. Let's tell you what, let's all accept Jesus and then let's meet in heaven and then let's point and laugh at me about how wrong I was. Or we can like we can ask him when we're there. Yeah, and we God can, can point. He's like, no, yeah. he was totally wrong. <laughs> she, she she said Jesus, my son's name in vain, and I knocked her on her butt. Or he's like, no, it was a vaccine injury. I was totally weird. And <laughs> and and then I I jumped in there and helped her because I didn't want her to die because I still thought she had a chance to turn it around. See, but let's all accept Jesus and meet in heaven, and we can laugh at how wrong I was. I would love that. <laughs> Sounds good. It's a deal. <laughs> well, this has been fun. This has been Peanut Butter Squares and Coffee. Control Alt Revolt the podcast. We love you, and we will maybe try to be back tomorrow, and uh, maybe do an insider podcast this weekend. A vlog, another vlog. We can go to our secret place we found and make a vlog. A vlog. The secret place we found last Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. But we should have something to talk about. Okay. So leave some comments and suggestions in the chat, and that is the podcast it's hard to say goodbye